0: yielding to what Pastor Mike has wanted me to do, but oddly enough, today, there's no microphone. Um, Last week was, last Thursday, this was difficult for me. I've had a long summer, to say the least. Uh, Bookended by two two issues. Uh, Beginning of May, my father's mom passed away, and last Thursday, my mother's mom passed away. Uh, Saturday I have to go out of town or Friday night I have to go out of town because now I have to go various my other grandmother. And that's difficult because in between that time span the world came to an end as well with some other things in my life. So expanding that last April car accident uh, hurt back had a long fall dealing with therapy and getting that done this year. Uh, a mental diagnosis um and then i had the death of one grandmother then my house flooded the week after that so i had to live for four months out of boxes and now last week my other grandmother passed away so i haven't been able to i feel like i've been in a boxing match with mike tyson where every time i turn around just when i get back on my feet i get another blow um, and so God, last week, it was oddly enough, the thing that I wanted to talk about last week was Lazarus. God had been dealing with me on you know, life and death and basically being buried alive. That was the topic. The topic last week was being buried alive. And when you're in this environment and in this circumstance, and coming from some of the brokenness that you guys come from, including myself, it feels as though you are buried, that you're in a tomb. It feels as though you are in a cemetery. As a child, I grew up around a lot of churches, and I didn't realize it then, but I used to love walking to cemeteries looking at the dates. I still do. When I go to a cemetery, sometimes I spend hours just walking along the tombstones looking at the dates and wondering what the dash was like because the, the birth date and the end date is, is the final, but there was some existence in between. This person who is now here lived and died and they had an existence. There were people that loved them. There were people that, 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 that needed them. There was people that did not want to let them go. When my dad's mom died, I didn't want to let her go and to be honest with you, I still have a problem. I haven't been able to work through her death yet. But now, my mother's mother's dead, and she had 12 uh, children with one miscarriage, and my father's mother had five children with one miscarriage. To me, I look at different things. I think look at things differently. Altogether, they would have had 19 children. This is 2019. I'm just kind of trying to deal with that. Look at it. So I'm, I'm wrestling with mortality. I'm wrestling with the, the the feeling of being buried alive under all of the dirt that's on me. So I'm looking and I'm saying, you know, there are a lot of guys out here who are living and breathing zombies that are in a, a live kind of coffin, but they're, they're still breathing. So this week, I was like, well, God, I'm kind of broken to be honest with you. I'm Seem like I'm losing something on one hand, I've lost something on the other hand. I'm broken. I have that I'm struggling, I'm wrestling with different things right now. So God gave me this scripture from 2 Corinthians 4 7 through 12. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-suffering power from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be Revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us but life is at work in you. What part of your life is broken? How far back does the broken happen? As an Uber driver, I get the opportunity to meet different people. Here in the last couple of weeks, I've been able to meet people who are either in school or professors at Emory. And they are, some of them are, your, are neurologists, or neurologists, the study of the brain. And there is now being, science is being able to find that there are links between trauma, traumatic trauma, childhood trauma, and Alzheimer's disease, PTSD. Also, that the food you take in, the food you are eating, the things you are putting in your body also are now being related to brain disorders, Alzheimer's. And as an African-American man, you are more prone to Alzheimer's. You are more prone to mental disorders because of the diet that we have. This is also linked to stress. If you've played football in your life, raise your hand. Football players are more prone to having these issues. Why? Because of head trauma. If your head has ever been struck If you have ever been in a car accident, if you have ever suffered a concussion, you are more prone to have issues. How many in here serve served in the military? If you served in the military, the trauma, the traumatic experience has a direct link to your life and the things that are happening in your life. We call it PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder here's the flip side. Most of us don't look at how we were brought up and the people or the things that have happened in our life as post-traumatic stress. Because post-traumatic stress is connected to being in the military. Post-traumatic stress has never been uh, has not previously been associated with having an alcoholic father. If I, have a, um, I don't know if anybody knows first instance of post-traumatic stress ever recorded in history were slaves on the ships on the way over here to America. Well see, we are now able Science is now being able to link post-traumatic stress in certain cultures we'll just say for instance African American culture, going all the way back to slavery. Let's not talk about Jim Crow, let's not talk about civil rights movement to say the least. No laptops, no cell phone use. So let me ask you, let's say, for instance, you never was in the military, but the community that you were raised in, all you heard was sirens, gunshots, and other issues. Now say that. If you were raised in a community where you're, okay, guess what? That's called a war zone, that's called Vietnam, that's also called post-traumatic stress. Now, what are you gonna do when you have the post-traumatic stress? What are the outlets that you're going to try to uh, reach? What are the things, what are you gonna do to self-medicate yourself? How many of you guys in this, listen, let me be real with you. All of us got issues. So ain't no shame in my game. Raise your hand if alcohol is a problem. Alcohol is a problem. Raise your hand if any other type of drug is a problem. Drugs We will self-medicate because guess what? Only a certain segment of our society has been given the ability to have the help necessary that our government provides and our insurance companies provide. Only a certain segment of those people have that ability to get it. Some of us have not because we're in poverty or because we're homeless. We have generations of children, especially now, that we're losing to post-traumatic stress disorders, basically from brain trauma. There are kids in our communities who have no other outlet or escape potentially to get out of the war zone that they're living in, so guess what they do? Their parents need them to have something to do So they put them in football at an early age. In football, you're going to have a traumatic trauma to your brain, which will, at the time that you are developing your brain, which is between 11, 12, all the way up to 25, you are going to have some problems come out later on in your life. So I'm saying all of this to get you to understand that this prison, that this Cemetery. that this life you are living, that this grave you are in, there is a reason for it. The brokenness that you have, the issues you're dealing with, the struggle that's in your heart and in your mind, there are things connected to it. And there is a deeper, deeper solution that we have to find that I'm going to say it. Some people may not agree with it. And I know it to be true that prayer will not get rid of it. I hate to tell you this because it goes against conventional religion, but prayer, you will not pray these issues away because your brain has been traumatized. How many of you have a scar on you from anything, a cut, shot, anything? Anytime you look at it, guess what? You know it, you remember, you feel it, you remember the moment, you know what happened before it, during it, and after it. What about the scars on your brain? The scars that nobody sees. And when you get frustrated, when you get upset, when you get angry, when you want to fight, when you want to hurt something, when you want to, when your boss or whomever you work with or whomever you live with, they pick at that one issue and you explode and they say, you need help. And you're like, how am I going to get help? I can't afford the help. And then when I go get the help, I can feel good for an hour. But then when I go home, I still got to deal with the environment. Paul says that there is treasure in these jars of clay. I have to be 100% with you. Be honest. I didn't want to come here today. Last week, I was ready to throw in a towel and say I quit. But something said to me, Why would you throw them away when everybody else has?" I know what it feels like to be thrown away. I know what it feels like to have your parents not want to talk to you. I know what it feels like to not have your wife want to talk to you. I know what it feels like to have everyone abandon you. And leave you. And leave you with nothing. I know what it feels like to lose your money. I know what it feels like to lose your hope. I know what it feels like to lose your love. I know what that feels like. But if I quit on you, what does it say about me and everybody else that has already quit on you? When you are dealing with trauma, the last thing you need is for somebody to quit. But I'm here today to let you know <laughs> that overall, that Jesus Christ, guess what? Hasn't quit on you. And I know it's difficult when you're dealing with that because you can't necessarily see Jesus. You can't necessarily sometimes communicate. Because I understand sometimes Jesus don't necessarily talk back. And you you're like, Lord, I need to help. You ain't going to get this. Uh, I am here with you. You're not going to get that. When you need somebody somebody to communicate to, when you need somebody to hug you, when you need somebody to say it's okay, when you need somebody to share the load that you're carrying, that you're walking around with on your shoulder, when you need somebody to do that, and there is nobody, and everybody has abandoned you for whatever reason, it's easy to fall back to the bottom. I'm Amen. It's easy to fall back to the pipe. Anger is easy. Don't get me wrong. Anger feels great. Anger can get you high. Rage can get you high. Being mad at somebody else can get you high. Wanting to break something. Let me tell you something. I I don't put my hand through walls and through fences. Wooden fences. Because my brain won't stop. Can't sleep at night. Brain won't stop. Science calls that mania, manic. Bipolar disorder basically means a person trapped between two worlds. The two worlds are very high highs, where you're manic, manic, mania, and very low lows, which is called depression. I don't look at it that way. I I look at it as a son of two worlds trapped between a reality and trapped between spirituality. There is a war for your life going on, and you understand it. You see it. Nobody else does. There is a fight in the spiritual realm for you. God has set you aside. You are not a waste. You are not unworthy. You are not a failure. You are not what society says you are. All the evidence says that we should throw you away. All the evidence says put them in a building all to themselves. All the evidence says that you are not worth the time of day. That's what the evidence says, but that's not what God says about you. And if God created you, his word is more important than what they say. All the evidence says because you are not ordained a minister under somebody's church, you should not be able to preach the word of God. I am not, ever will I be susceptible to what man has the ability to do, because God has already done it. God can work a miracle in your life. Last week when I said I wanted to talk about being buried alive, there was a man named Lazarus. Lazarus was a close relationship to Christ. He was also one of Christ's closest friend's brother. So when they reached out to Christ, they said to Christ, my brother is sick. We need you to come heal him. They already knew that Jesus could heal him, but they needed for Christ to move a little faster. Has anybody ever prayed to God and said, God, I need you right now, and God does nothing? God, I needed you yesterday because I knew today I was going to be at this bottle that I'm drinking. God, I needed, you, I needed you week before that, before I hit that last crack pipe, or yesterday when I hit that last crack pipe. But God didn't show up. He didn't come step out of heaven and take the crack pipe out of your hand. He didn't do that, did he? He didn't stop your daddy from beating you, did he? No. He didn't stop your father from alcoholism, did he? He didn't stop you from becoming an alcoholic, did he? He didn't stop your mama from being beaten, did he? He didn't. Heal. He didn't do nothing. He didn't. You 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 don't understand. You don't. Know. Well, how is it that God? I'm both to pray and there was no freedom. In it. I'm still in prison. You are walking around carrying the fight of the people that have come before you. You are walking around with your daddy's struggle. You are walking around with your mama's struggle. To be frank with you, you're walking around with your grandmama and granddaddy's struggle. Satan has been after me for over a hundred years. My great-grandmother was hit in the head with an ax back in, I don't know, 1920-something. She was born in 1908. She lived her whole life with a metal plate in her head. My grandmother, who passed in May, healed my father through prayer because my father went into a coma because of asthma and a seizure, and he was supposed to die. The doctor told my grandmother he would be dead by 12, but my grandmother prayed him free and healed him. So the enemy has been after me all my life. How many of you does the enemy have? And you're trying to fight? You're fighting this battle every day, and there's nobody there. Nobody there. There's no band of brothers. There is nobody there with another rifle on the other side of your shoulder fighting off the demons that you're fighting with. You're under siege. My father, a minister, had another minister who passed away this summer as well, he was in Vietnam. That minister could not eat food he had to drink only in shore. Why? Well, back in Vietnam, that man was in battle with his platoon. They got pretty much overran. So when they finally were able to make radio contact with the people who were flying the plane, you ever seen those videos where those planes come in, they drop all these bombs. He radioed the platoon leader or the people or whomever it was and say, hey, look, we need you to drop these bombs. So the guy radioed back and said, where? He said, on us. So when they dropped the bombs on them, he received shrapnel. That shrapnel in his body didn't allow him to process food anymore. How many of y'all need a bomb dropped on Because you're under fire. Every day, every hour, every minute, I'm under fire. I cannot win. They won't leave me alone. They won't quit. They won't stop. They are on me. I got, you ever got bit by an ant? Soon as you hit that one ant, you feel 10 other bites? you under fire. Lord Jesus, don't get bit by a fire It's like being lit on fire when you get bit by fire. I'm from the country, so I understand what it's like to stand in the fire bed. Then you start out. I don't know how to shout, but I guarantee you I can shout when I stand in the fire bed, get bit and start I'm on fire. I'm under attack from things I cannot see. And when I try to explain it to somebody else, they look at me like I'm crazy. When you are trapped between two worlds, the reality, the world that you exist in physically cannot see the battle. But you are fighting with people and you don't know who's friend or foe. Anybody ever heard of the name Pat Tillman? Yeah, of course. No, sir. Military man. College football. Pro football, played for the Arizona Cardinals. College as well. When nine eleven happened, Pat Tillman said, "I want to be in the military. I want to fight people yeah. my country." So he joined the military. Got over into wherever it was in some mountain region. Shot by fire. Okay. He by friendly fire. He said some of his last words: "You're shooting us." How many people in your life have you been fighting and shooting at that are part of your friendly fight that should be, you should be trying to rescue? Because you're fighting these demons and you're fighting everything and you don't know how to tell the difference between friend or foe. And you're fighting and you're fighting and now you're hitting people and you don't know why. You're mad. How, then, God, is it that there is a treasure in this jar? <clears throat> how am I supposed to be alive when I feel dead? Nothing can grow from death, they say, but how am I walking around? <clears throat> God, how do I live in this pain? And you tell me that you will not give me more than I can bear, and I am crushed under this weight. I was told a couple of weeks ago. I said, the, the person said, people hate to see you come. Uh, Superman is not real, but I felt like I had been hit with Superman strength. When Mike Tyson used to hit people and break their ribs, I felt like I had my jaw dislocated. Because here's the truth, here's the truth, the honest truth, guess what? They were right. That's fine, understood. I I carry a lot of pain. (laughs) That person also said, you bring your pain to every conversation. So I had a one punch, then get it up. And, the second, last week, and week before last, there was this boxer. He actually uh, got hit. He died. He well, he went into a coma. They induced the coma because his brain swelled. He died a couple days later from guess what? Brain trauma. See, here's the crazy part about this. You know, and, 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 and most normal people will say, you shouldn't say it. Say that. I'm almost jealous. Because, see, he at least was given the, 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 the what is the word? The, he was given the ability to at least transition. What about me? I'm still here. I'm in this. Trauma that I cannot get out of. I'm trapped, and I'm trapped with this bottle. I'm trapped with these drugs. I'm trapped under this bridge. I'm trapped in this mission. I'm trapped, I'm trapped, I'm trapped, and I'm, trapped, and I'm screaming, and I'm screaming, and I'm screaming, and nobody's listening. Nobody's listening, and there's nobody that can help me. And God, you have the audacity to say that there is still treasure in this jar of clay. How? Treasure is valuable. If anybody knows anything about clay, it's of the earth, it's dirt. You mix stuff together, you form it, you put it in this fire, the fire sucks out all the moisture. And when the moisture is sucked out, the shape that you've made the clay in gives you something to hold. Now, the weird thing about treasure, which is, at the time of Paul, treasure is gold, silver, diamonds. You know, there were other treasures, incense, silk, but for the most part, when you think about treasure, we think about gold, silver, diamonds. Those things, truthfully, if we go to the Egyptians, they do not tarnish, they don't fall away. But clay, clay, clay over time will will crumble. It will will crack, it will go back to whence it was made, just like you. That's why the symbol of being buried is so important because this turns back into that. So, so so, we have a, 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 a short amount of time. We have a short amount of time for the treasure that is within us to be revealed. And what is that treasure? What is it? How can I reveal what's in me when I'm broken? And my brokenness has broken others. See, broke people break people. And now you have to carry around the guilt. Of what you've done, you have to carry around the pain that you've inflicted on other people because over the course of your life, the pain has been inflicted to you. Nobody understands you, nobody sees this way they talk to you, they can't deal with you, and I understand that. But what does a person, what does a grown man do with the pain of his childhood when nobody listens? I did not have a hero. Nobody came to save me in school. Nobody came to save me when they threw a rock and hit me in my head. Nobody came to save me when they were punching me, beating me. Nobody came to save me when they were talking and telling me how ugly I am and how fat I am and how messed up. Nobody was there to stop them. Nobody, nobody, nobody. And I am angry. Because there was no Superman. Superman became Bach. Superman became whatever it is. People, I don't do meth, or I never done meth. Superman became meth. Superman became. Superman became porn. We mean, yeah, you don't need to run from the truth. When men, we don't process the way women process. Women process differently. Men, we process. If we don't process through sometimes sex, if we don't process through alcohol, we don't process through these things, we become wandering vagabonds, just a bumbling mess. Can't do anything right because we process differently. Not only that, we process men. We are told we have to be macho. We're told we have to be strong. We told we have to be this, have it all together. But what do you do when you are damaged goods? Because remember something: they don't sell the valuable goods at the same price as they sell the damaged ones. See, when you when you want to get something for cheap. Find the damage in it, find the flaw, find the mistake, find the scratch. When, when, when I, I, I remember when I was a delivery driver for Lowe's in Albany, Georgia, that was a gentleman who was a, a property owner. We, had to, we took, he came in the store, bought all of the scratch and dent items. And, and, and we had to deliver it to this building. And so when he opened the door to this building, it was, the building was the size of this whole tire top floor. And all you saw was scratch and dents. Stuff that was not desirable by everybody else. Stuff that most people who got money, they don't want that in their house. How many of y'all not want it no more? How many of y'all can look? You look in the mirror and you say, nobody else wants me, so why do I want me? Nobody else loves me, so I can't love myself. And you're looking for God, you're looking for Christ, and you don't see it because when you pass by, and I must include myself, when these Christians pass you by, they look right through you because guess what? You're not the valuable piece anymore. But see, Christ says, I know the world says you're not valuable. But I'll take your scratches and your dents. I'll take your pain. I'll take your struggle. I'll take your, 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 your hurt. I'll take it. And guess what I can do? I can bring out that treasure that's inside that dust. By all intents and purposes, I'm not supposed to be here standing in front of you. Why? Because for me, suicide is something I live with every minute of every day. Because it's easy. You see, once the pain and the regret starts layering itself on you after day after day, year after year, and then all of the weight, all of it, when, you, when you're trying something and it doesn't work, and you fail, and you fail, and people abandon you, your phone don't ring no more, your, nobody calls you, nobody wants to invite you to the Christmas party, nobody. The churches say you don't quite fit in because you won't conform to what we think inside this box of religion when when, when the churches say, you are not valuable to us, so we are not, because some dumb person thought that in order for you to be a part of the church, you have to become a member, and if you decide to leave the church, we don't want to fool with you because you're not a member of our flock. Some dumb, stupid person thought that was an intelligent thing to think or do. So here it is. Now, nobody wants to be bothered with you. So year after year, day after day, that builds and finally, you say there was only one way out for me Maybe suicide is not that for you. Maybe I can come to the mission and there I have my tribe. There I have my friends. There I have my family. There I have the people that I need in my life. Because guess what? We are all in this boat together. I hate to inform you. Breaking news if you didn't know it. Stop wasting your life away here. Because this is not for you. I know y'all don't believe. I know y'all don't. I'm y'all have been so broken for so long that you don't want nobody to tell you that it's time to change. Well, let me be the voice in the wilderness like John the Baptist. This is not the design for your life. This is not the blueprint God laid out for you. So why do you keep allowing yourself to be susceptible to nothingness? Why do you choose to live in a... Cemetery. Why do you choose to live in a crypt? Why do you choose to stay a wandering generality when God has designed you for greatness? When are you going to allow Christ to free you, break those chains, and allow you to become the thing you were meant to be? Because there is a treasure inside this broken vessel. And no, Many of our religions and many of our churches will not accept you. But Jesus says you don't need them. All you need is him. Many of the doctrines say you are no longer important. That's a lie. Many of the churches say you have to become a part of this church. That's another lie. You don't need no denomination, nor do you need no building. Jesus is with you everywhere you And one of the few occasions Christ stepped inside the synagogue, he threw out them that was in there. So that should let you know right there, half of the time that most of the cases, if he go to church today, he's going to throw out half of them that's sitting in there. I don't even, it, ain't, it ain't even about the money. It's about the fact that we are more enthralled with who's on the memorable than we are on on building people. We are susceptible to religions and rituals that are thousands of years old when we are losing men by the generation. Take your religion, take take your church and go somewhere because there are people dying. And all they want to do is build bigger cathedrals. If your church is growing, I guarantee you, you're doing something wrong. Because you are building people to stay. And you're not building leaders to lead. Leaders lead. They are not supposed to be corralled like cattle. That's the problem with church. We're corralling people like cattle. So we can slaughter them and get their money. But we're not building leaders to go out and be the hands and feet of Christ. We have people dying, people struggling, people losing their minds, and all we want to say to is make sure you pray. You know what? You do need to pray. That's what you do need to do. But there is another part of you that needs some extra help, and some of us need it more than others. Mike said, Jimmy, you're too loud. I told Mike, I said, Mike, guess what? Some of these people need an alarm clock. Some of them need to be waking up so they can be who they they were designed to be. John was one crying out in the wilderness. It did not say John was the one whispering in the wilderness. Because who's going to hear a whisper? I can spend about all day talking like this. Y'all need to find the Lord. Y'all need to know Jesus. I can do that. Some people, that's how they worship. They don't, want, they don't want an alarm. They want a gentle touch. The Lord loves you. But some of us need somebody to stand and say, I am with you in your battle. I am with you. It is time for you to be what God made you to be. It's time for you to be what God designed you to be. And I understand. I understand society has done its greatest job of beating you into submission. I understand. Family has beaten you into submission. I understand. But God says, I'm still the way, the truth, and the life. You can search for all of the communities online you want. You can believe and think you are a part of a global community because you're sitting online, because you are at the computer, because you are talking to thousands of fictional people. You can do that all you want to think you are a part of some great movement. Here I am to inform you again, you are a part of nothing. Just because I got a picture on Facebook, trust me, half of them lies, because most of the things that's put on Facebook and Instagram is a bunch of lies. <laughs> I don't care if you can write code for the greatest computers on God's dream earth. It does not matter. Because if it did, you wouldn't be in here. <laughs> if it did, if it mattered, if, if you were so great at your job You would be getting paid through Cash App Which is an app that you don't have to get a paycheck for They can just send you the money mm-hmm. <laughs> if, you were, if, if the excellence of what you were doing You wouldn't be waiting on the government to cut you a check <laughs> See those who wait inevitably die Those who press That's why Paul said I press toward the mark Pressing means that there is still some living happening. See, a diamond, you don't make a diamond just... diamond. You, you can't make a diamond when it's land. on... diamond's not made on top of the ground. A diamond is made by the pressing. pressing. So, all of these cubic zirconiums in this room. It's time that we, we, we get out of that cubic zirconium mess. Because it's a diamond that needs to be made and there's a treasure inside of you, but you happy with the cubic zirconium because <laughs> you fake as well as it is Okay. I don't have time to do that. So because you you it's not you that's the problem. Hmm. It's not true. you. You are the outward expression of something people that are struggling inside of you. <clears throat> So I mean, you're, you're, not prefer- you're not the problem house. You're not I'm the problem I'm pretty sure everyone here needs a house oh, no, see, a man won't build a house see, listen, listen, when, something, it. Listen, when, bring, when something When something look, 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 when the right. inside of you Something yeah, protect you When the enemy inside of you See that's the thing See see he's not the problem He's the external representation Of the struggle and the demonic He thinks that's it's not God. you. you crazy God. God. Look, look, look. What, sixty thousand This people, is what I just he said. Just See, look what I just said. I said it's he not you. Does, he doesn't understand. That. He doesn't understand that's My that's point. That's See, this is where where the spiritual gifts of God. I know now where they're supposed to be used, but this is not the setting for tongues to so something you would understand. Sometimes you got to speak to what's in a person and not to the person. But anyway. Yeah. It's not about the diamond, is an analogy. Let me break this down to two-year-old level. The diamond is an analogy. It's not about money, it's not about wealth. What it's about is a diamond until man realized that it was valuable was just another rock. That have been crushed by pressure. So you guys have been crushed and are being crushed. And God is making you a diamond. Meaning, once the crushing is complete, your value will be seen. You are valuable. You are valuable to God. God has always looked at you as valuable. It does not matter if you are here, but there must be an awakening to where you are so that you can now see, hey, I'm not supposed to be here no way, so why am I here? And once you catch that you're not supposed to be here, once you understand that this is not your home, once you stop and once you pack your cock, get rid of the codwell, get rid of the mailing address, that's the mission, once you get rid of that and you say, God, I know that there's more for my life and there's more for me to do, when you do that, when you stop making this your residence and your home, God can actually transition you to get you a house. And it's not the government. God is basically saying the government is not your solution. Stop waiting on them. Our government to our systems say that the government is a solution. Now one thing I do agree with, uh, with some of my Republican brethren is when they say government is not the answer. It's not. More government is not the solution to the world's problems. God is. But, Bob, man, give me a minute, I really don't like cell phones and stuff like that in there anyway. I mean, the reason why is mostly disrespectful to people who are talking. Yeah. But, we are so programmed to think one way. But when somebody comes Differently and gives you something different that does not compute in your uh, uh, coding system. When, when somebody tells you that you have a syntax error in your line of code, guess what the, uh, the, the system says? No. Because nobody wants change and nobody wants to be called out. Nobody wants to be told that they aren't supposed to be here sucking the life out of this place. Who wants, who wants that? Not when you think you found your home. And if it's not here, it's the other homeless shelter you go to. If it's not there, it's the other homeless shelter you go to. If it's not there, you're standing outside the car window and people waiting for the sign that says, need help, as people come by. That's not the solution. Who should be here? Who should be here? Who should be here? Who should? Okay. Put it like this. Everybody's going to run into a problem in their life. That's, that, we all going to have it. The economy crash, people get sick, people die. That's going to happen. Now, the problem is not that you don't need to be here. The problem is when you stay. Tell me if I'm lying, but does the mission have resources that can help you get a job? Raise yes. your name. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Does the mission have the ability for you to stay here, get a check so you can build your money so you can get your place set? Yes. Is the mission is the mission strategically located in a urban community yes. with about fifteen to twenty contractors with jobs around here? Is it located there? Yes. Does they do they feed you and clothe you yes. and they give you a place to live? So let me ask you, what do you need to do after that? So this, those who need to be here are the people who say. I want to be here for this short amount of time to get my life together, to get back on my feet. But when you now six months, nine months, 12 months, a year and a half in, are a resident, you are stopping the blessing from somebody else who needs this help. You are a leech. Yeah. <laughs> Until you attempt to put what you are saying that you are in your system, it <laughs> appears a yeah. certain way, it But see, the problem is when I throw a rock and I hit a dog, that dog do what? Oh, wow. <laughs> see, I do not run from your mess or your lie. Stop lying to yourself and realize that there is a bigger purpose for your life than here. How long? I don't, I don't even know. Let me be honest. How long you been staying here? Yes, you. Five months. Now, there's a process that gets you out of here, and how long? Somebody help me. They have a six month long process? No, they don't yeah, uh, say Huh? They, they yeah. never said say that. Okay, I, 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 I get what you're saying. saying. I, I get it. what you're saying, but let me speak. Okay. I don't mean to cut you off. I can't hear. I'm, I'm going to be more specific on mine. I, I get what you're saying. But see how it is here. When you're talking, that ain't nobody responding. I think that kind of fits on the guy. Listen to me. Oh, say. Sure. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I'm I'm, I, I can't hear. I get 85th a month. I got hurt on my dog. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was paying while I was staying with my uncle. Who moved on me? Mm-hmm. And I chose the light instead of the dark. I wanted to do something to him. Mm-hmm. I feel you yeah, for, for, for real, for real. I, I for wish. I wish, speak of of I wish. I wish. I wanted to go to the dark side by me trying to be a man of God. Mm-hmm. I could have went really and got a room somewhere, a room house. Mm-hmm. I done did that before. Because you got to go to the bathroom with the pistol and there. I would had a know. situation different. I, I could have took my money when I got a room. I'm with but that. I come here to get see, resources. She yeah. You here, yeah. what I'm telling you is You so I'm already to know I'm trying to get out of here I'm trying to get to get sign on. I got that, I'm with that See the thing is, some of y'all are taking something Personally when it's not for you yeah. 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 I got you, I got you Pastor. If you if, 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 if you're here To get I, your wait, business right This is the resource saying? you need to be right. But if you have now Got a ma- mailing address at the mission Uh oh, no nope. You man? Man. I'm with you on. I 처- mod- feel no, what you're saying I right. I'm you feel what you say saying I feel say what you're saying I you're i got, okay, you got no I'm saying say say this You got It's the little things Right We got a big ass out in the room You don't want to deal with that but a little mosquito. Yeah. You know that? Take you to the you know All I'm saying yeah. is, that was a gentleman a couple of weeks ago. He came here in one week, he was already making progress. In the second week, he was building his resume. In the third week, right. he was getting moving on. Guess what? Right. This man came in here and used what the mission right. is for. Right. I'm with you. Which is that? Raise your hand if it's now the fact that you have now made resident here. Hmm. See, that's the problem. That resident, resident. Now you just stand here all the time. You just come here every day, you be here every day, six months, eight months. Listen, I've been coming here since last year, and some of y'all faces I see. That's the problem. See, the mission gets its funding from money in because of lives that transitions out. That's how they get paid. That's how the staff get paid. But when there is more in than out, there's no longer good investment here and we will let you dissolve. That's business, 101. Supply, demand. When you supply a need, you go to the people with the money and you say, hey, we have, we are helping 800 people, 600, 700 people get on their feet. Now we do have 200 people still left. Okay, fine, I'll it up. But when you have 800 people in 200 out, I ain't getting my money y'all. y'all ain't doing nothing. Okay, on the transition and out, folks, <coughs> the next time you come here, can you bring some of those folks with you? They can't. They working. Uh-huh. <laughs> they working. They got jobs. Okay. They, they got, see, see, well, see well, once you get your job, you can't come back to the place you left because you don't need it no more. no, 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 no. Yeah, that's good. Well, can we get some names? Go to Mike. No, no, go to Mike. give me 10 people. Oh, no, look, Pastor Mike. She, you you're talking what? with somebody that knows you. B A. So don't come to me with that. You want to go oh, back? listen to me. Listen to me. Listen. I was at a church who brought me in from the mission. Listen, I brought I went to a church who brought me in from the mission. They went to a through a program. When they graduated that program, guess what happened on the day that they were about to graduate the day before? Guess what happened? That program brought businesses, businesses, people, uh, all these other local businesses, brought their HR. I don't know if you know what HR means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brought the HR to the church. Listen, listen, I don't know. Some people don't. HR brought them to the church. Say, here's my card, send me your resume, I'll you to the job. There were guys with records, felons, that got jobs. Have you ever been to the Job for Life program? Google. Let me ask you the question. Have you ever been, have you heard of the Job for Life program? No. All right. Ask about it because guess what? There are, up. Oh, I know personally, at least 10 to 20 men who have went through it and have left here. There are guys that when I first started coming last year that had just finished the Job for Life program who got their own places shortly thereafter. Why would I just come here? I don't know. I don't live here. How can I tell you? you, you, tell you. That's what I'm trying to talk about it, get. You know. talk to ask You got of income look, look, look the resources here, they, Mike has told me, Mike says, look, if you meet, if you hear guys who don't have a place to stay, we can get them a place to stay if they got government checks. <coughs> this gentleman right here, how long you been working? If you, if you don't want to, see, 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 if you don't want to know to help him, if you don't want to know, he know the resources. And if you don't have the resources, even has got people who know the resources. I got you. That's fine. Look, if you are an addict, if you are an addict, they have a place that they can send you to. Room. And, and guess what happened? They come right on back here. I'm see, but I'm see, room. you are not mentally, spiritually in a place where you can receive greatness and blessings. That's fine. That's fine. If you're not ready for that, I'm not judging you. I'm judging what you're saying to me. Like, it's, not my, it's not my opinion. I'm trying to something no, that's no, going no. on. Those same people went to the drug we have, graduated, been here and here, and when they leave from there, they graduate right on back here to the homeless shelter. And that's and that's okay too. Now I'm stating the fact, but my spirit is crazy. No, what I'm trying to do you're not receiving what I'm saying because you are angry you know at the situation. Look, if you want to know these resources, talk to that gentleman right there. I'm stating the fact. Look, the fact is he can help you. Wait, wait, wait. You don't want to. the fact is he can help you. Oh I'm i its not about what other people are going through; it's about what self are. I know. Look, look, come Okay, I'm sorry, y'all. It, it, it is our smoke break time. Uh, I just want to say, look, <laughs> it is not about. <laughs> <laughs> It's not about everybody's supposed to do. I'm yeah, not trying yeah. to say y'all are that all on the no. Look, no. then the resources are here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But when you don't yeah. take advantage yeah. yeah. of the
0: resources, you ain't gonna get nowhere. You ain't gonna go nowhere. Yeah, right. That's right. what I'm just you saying. saying Actions. I just got here two done. weeks ago, man. I don't know. I don't know. That's I don't know. what I'm saying. <laughs> Stop coming to get the garden rich when you need more. I'm using my resources. And they have it here. When I was, hey, well, that's so, good. man. But that, well look, nobody, nobody want to deal with the issue. Nobody. Yeah.